The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Pekin celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the next you know, Or were they treating it as just another game, another step forward? That's, that's the question I have. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Andy Mitten is with us in Delina. Andy, you weren't at uh, Euro 2012, were you? No, that was the last tournament I, I, I missed. Um, I, I was in America for a month, so I was watching it um, from from afar. But I was, at, I was at 16, I was at 20. Just thinking a year ago, I was on the road for 32 days covering um, that tournament. But no, I've... Uh, I wasn't there in 2012. Spain won it, didn't they? They did. They were uh, they were pretty damn good that year, to say the least. Um, we're going to turn our attention to Manchester United because even in the off-season, it turns out that Manchester United are a pretty interesting storyline. The big thing over the course of the weekend was uh, Richard Arnold going for pints with the Manchester United fans and uh, some Manchester United fans, uh, one in particular recording Richard Arnold and everything that he was saying. Just uh, f- First of all, when this story broke, Andy, was it a sort of head-in-the-hands moment, being like, oh no, here we go again? Or, or what was your initial emotion to, to leaked videos of, of Richard Arnold chatting to fans? When I saw it had, had been leaked, uh, I wasn't convinced that was uh, the right thing to do. Uh, I don't think Richard Arnold came out of it too badly, actually. Mm. Um, he met the fans... He gave his perspective, agreed with some of it. I disagreed with other parts of it. But fans are annoyed at the moment. Manchester United were terrible last year. Lost the last six away matches. There's been continued protests uh, against the Glazer. uh, More so this year since uh, the results completely turned. But they're also significant protests last year after the announcement of the European uh, Super League. So the mood's on the floor among United fans and the the, the lack of uh, players so far has frustrated um, some fans. Uh, from Richard Arnold's perspective, he uh, maintains that he's now in charge. He's going to do things his way. been so many changes at the club. So many staff leave him. Literally every week I get a member of staff ringing me saying, I'm going. And some of them are pushed and some of them jump. And United have lost a lot of good people in the last year. And they've also lost a lot of people. It's probably wise that they've moved on from Manchester United. The reaction to the fans going um, to the pub was pretty varied among Manchester United fans, ranging from good this man is a glazer puppet. He's he's part of the damage which the owners are doing to Manchester United and have done since that takeover in 2005. And you had a lot of other people saying turning up or intending to turn up at someone's house is is well out of order. And a whole gamut of opinions um, from the fans in, in, in between. I think that if the video hadn't been leaked, it would be very, very hard to to criticise Richard Arnold for what he did and even the video being leaked it's not his fault I, like, I think that what would you do if you were in Richard Arnold's situation I mean I think he I think he handled it quite quite well I mean I, I would assume that the, the, the vast majority of Manchester United fans are, are okay with at least the contents of what Richard Arnold said and the decision to go and, and meet the fans who were due to turn up at his house 
yeah, I think what he said, um, the words are fine. Um, there was honesty there. Fans are not stupid. They know that huge amounts have been squandered on players. They know that Manchester United have underperformed massively. All this is taking place under the cloud of the Glazer ownership of the club. So whatever the club do, and they've done lots of good stuff, um, smaller stuff, which has helped match-going fans. Ticket prices have not gone up for over a, a decade. Been loads of good initiatives. United were excellent um, during COVID, engaging with the local community. Didn't take furlough like other clubs did. But the mood is always dependent upon results. Now, there's been times when uh, the fans have protested when Manchester United have been league champions. That that takeover was hugely controversial, and the hangover is still prevalent now, um, 17 years later. Richard Arnold's got the best uh, intentions. He knows what the fault lines are. He knows what the issues are. He's got a very, very tough job, as has Eric Ten Hag. You're up against uh, Manchester City with the way they're funded. You're up against Liverpool, who've recruited in a far smarter way than Manchester United. And pretty grim time for Manchester United. New manager's come in. I spoke to lots of people in football about him. Got really good recommendations of him as a coach. Let's see what he's like as a manager. But when Ralph Rangnick came in, you also had people like Jurgen Klopp saying, wow, the Premier League's so lucky to have this guy. And that didn't work out either. I think he won nine out of 27 um, matches. So it's difficult. You, you say Manchester United fans turn up. You can never speak for all Manchester United fans. I mean, I go to a lot of games. I speak to a lot of people. I try and soak um get on boards, loads of different opinions, but so many different types of Manchester United fans and, and they all want different things. You've got people who go to every single game home and away. Might want something slightly different to someone who's never been to a match and just wants United to uh, sign more players. Everyone's completely different and the fan base is so fractured. It's basically thousands, maybe millions of groups of mates who all think they're all the, the right and everyone else is wrong. So huge amounts of intolerance among Manchester United fans towards other Manchester United fans. And when the mood is grim, and it has been grim. Um, there's a lot of tension around. There's tension outside the club. There's tension within the club. And there's not been a happy year so far for Manchester United. The main reason for that is that the football has been absolutely terrible. Terrible. It's all right seeing players in the, in the gym. I wouldn't have minded seeing them turn up on the pitch at Sellers Park last month. And I get the fact that they're showing that they're being professional. But excuse Manchester United fans for being a little bit circumspect at the moment and for being low on confidence on a lot of those players. It really has been an awful year, compounded by the fact that Manchester City won the league, Liverpool nearly won the league. Liverpool, clearly a brilliant team, reached another European Cup final, miles ahead of Manchester United. And to go to places like Anfield and stand in the away end and see your team destroyed um, is no fun. And Manchester United fans expect and deserve better without ever thinking they've got a divine right to win anything. These are the hard yards at the moment. But loads of years of success and they were fantastic. But the times right now are anything but. 
And Andy, what's a good season next season then? Like, what's what's your definition for what would qualify as one? Far better than last season. I think you've got to say top four because realistically, I can't see Manchester United winning the league. I'd love to see a manager starting to get his ideas across, his philosophy, his project, call it what you will. I'd like to see individuals playing far better than they have done. There's a big obsession with the transfer window at the moment. Well, I remember the last one and being delighted with it come the end of it because Jaden Sancho had been signed, Rafael Varane, Cristiano Ronaldo. Bringing players in is no quick fix, as Manchester United fans have learned. Most of the transfers in the post-Ferguson era have either underwhelmed or failed. United routinely make world-class players worse players. And if Eric Ten Hag has got his own method and way of doing things, all power to his elbow. United have been led down the garden path so many times and signed big names and all the fans, including myself, have got excited when people like Bastian Feinsteiger have signed, Daniel de Maria, um, and so many of them have just not worked out. So that's another reason why Manchester United fans uh, are circumspect, why they're, why they're cynical at the moment. So United fans need to see evidence that the club is not going down, that it's bottomed out, that things are... Are improving. That said, just over a, a year ago, Manchester United finished second and reached the Europa League final. I think the Europa League is more Manchester United's level. It's glory, glory, Man United. Trophies are important. No, none have been won since 2017. But just to enjoy going to football again. I know most football fans don't see their team win trophies. I know that Manchester United fans will watch the team regardless. Season tickets sold out. Um, in no time, with huge numbers. It's not just about the game, why you go and watch um, football. But United have underperformed so badly, given the resources that have been put into the squad uh, in the last few years. And he's got to get better. And I think it will get better, because I think Eric Tenag is a, is a very good coach. But he'll need time, he'll need patience, just like all the other managers needed that as well. So if United can change this, cycle of okay you're in for two years we're not very good let's try another manager that would be great you said that there's such an obsession with the transfer window and like with Manchester United it is particularly easy to be swept up in the transfer window if if you read everything online because they're linked to it everybody uh, the, one of the real links at the moment is with Frankie de Jong and while Manchester United have been criticised in the past for getting I guess, caught up in a transfer saga that lasts the entirety of the summer. It does feel that the De Jong thing could turn into a saga, but it won't necessarily be Manchester United's fault. It's Barcelona trying to get every euro they possibly can, given their own financial situation. Uh, and I guess Eric Ten Hag, while he might be frustrated at the, the ongoing situation, he might just have to wait for a month or two before De Jong comes in. Is, is that basically the situation right now in, in that transfer dealing? Well, there's a lot more detail to it, and I've, I've seen it from both sides. Um, divided my time between Manchester and Barcelona for a long time, so I've got contacts at both clubs. I don't blame Barcelona for getting as much money as they can for a player who they paid 75 million euros for. A good player, popular player, but one of the few players there who they can get a lot of money for. One of the few who's not out of contract, has got the right age profile, but he earns a lot of money. 
He likes playing for Barcelona. He likes living in Barcelona. So you've got to take into consideration what the player wants. And you use the word saga. It certainly was with Cesc Fabregas. I wrote a piece about that last week for The Athletic. And I was all over that story in 2013, getting information from both ends. And even now, just filling in some blanks, such as David Moyes taking a call from Cesc Fabregas on the 1st of August that year, uh, as he was on the service station on the M5 on the way down to watch a game at Swansea. And Cesc saying to him, I will come and join United if I don't get selected in the first game of the season for Barcelona. He did get selected. Barcelona won 7-0, 7-1. He played well. And suddenly United were scrambling around and ended up with Marouane Fellaini, who they always want, wanted, but they also wanted Cesc Fabregas. Ferguson always said the players who are most difficult to get are the ones worth working for. You've got a situation with Manchester United where you've got multiple agents linking their clients to the club. And fans, some of them who maybe don't understand the nuances of a transfer market, taking it at face value, thinking, oh, we're signing this player. Some of them are not on Manchester United's list. The vast majority of them are not on Manchester United's list. And yet fans hear a name, they don't know the player, they they look into him, they Google him, oh, this could be good. And then they get let down when that player moves somewhere else. It's very difficult for Manchester United to stop that. What do you want them to do? Come out and deny every single link. There 22 links to different players, 20 different players on one day last week alone. So the media know, and I have editors as well, uh, that transfer speculation sells. And it's, it's just absolutely nuts. It's a bit depressing, actually, for journalism. You could do proper journalism. You could do a big investigative piece, and it would be read one-tenth of the numbers of a, of a speculative transfer piece. And because United are a huge club, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's quite ridiculous. And I coined the term transfer junkie a few years ago because there are some people who are absolutely obsessed with signing players to the point that I joke that the team could almost stop playing matches and just sign players, just focus entirely on signing players. Don't play any football matches. And... This is the world that Manchester United are in at the moment. They've courted a, a global fan base. All these people want completely different things. But the fundamentals with the moment are United needs strengthening, will be strengthened, have a budget to strengthen, but are very reluctant to have the pants pulled down, as has happened many, many times in recent years for players, because agents taking a huge cut know that Manchester United have got a lot of money and might think that Manchester United are desperate. What I think will happen with Frankie is that United will try and bring it to a head and get an answer, yes or no, because can't be chasing a player for the next two months. Uh, there's got to be better planning put in uh, than, than that. But he's a great player. I think he'd do really well. I've watched him an awful lot. I've spoke to a lot of professional football managers about him. And if he signed, that would be really good, I think, for Manchester United. I would have also said exactly the same or almost of almost all the players who have signed in the post-Ferguson years. 
what's interesting, this kind of brings us back full circle to the Richard Arnold's uh, chat, is what Manchester United have done in the transfer market in the past, which is paying above the odds for players, whether when it comes to, to, to transfer fees or to players' wages. And one of the lines that stuck out to me from the Richard Arnold hidden camera stuff was, hidden cameras actually probably do, is probably overstating what it was, the phone the phone recording of him. Money is not a consideration in who we want. It's the, if the manager wants him. They've actually done the work on looking if he's a great player. And again, is it 100, is it 200, get who you effing want. Uh, now, I know he's not necessarily saying there that we'll splash money on whatever and we'll give the manager any sort of cash he wants. But it does say to me that there is a huge bank of cash there that Manchester United are willing to spend in a way that other clubs aren't and I'm not necessarily sure that that part of the Richard Arnold chat is going to do Manchester United any favours in the transfer market Well it's not and there is money there and United are of the view that a lot of clubs don't have money still coming out of this Covid shadow and United would have even more money if the team had reached the Champions League but didn't Uh, a lot of wages have been offloaded uh, United's wage bill was atro- atrocious, as was Barcelona. So they're in a, a difficult situation as well, a more pronounced situation than Manchester United. There's money there, and United don't want the pants pulling down. But if you want to buy a top, top player, you've got to play top money for it. I thought United did well in Jade and Sancho because Dortmund held out 110 million, 110, 110, 110. And United got him for 30 million less than that by negotiating pretty smartly. I'm not going to say now, after a pretty mediocre first season for Jaden Sancho, that that's a steal of the century because it clearly wasn't. But I think the way that United didn't jump in and didn't do as some fans say, break the bank, pay him what he wants, because that has led to the problems of recent years. It's led to Alexis Sanchez getting paid what he wants. It was a disaster. Annoyed all the other players in the dressing room. There's got to be a level of dressing room harmony beyond individual names to make Manchester United start functioning as a team again. And you have players like Anthony Martial earning more money than Mohamed Salah. I know he's been more effective. He doesn't wear the red of Manchester in recent years. And United have got to be smarter. Recruitment's got to be smarter. Um, use of the funds because there's a massive um, budget there to pay players has got to be smarter as well but I'm saying all this from a position of weakness because uh, players will be looking uh, at the clubs and United are not as attractive as they once were but still very attractive still a huge club still got the name but you saw with um, Darwin Nunes and United weren't seriously in for him but could you blame him for going to Liverpool when you see the football there, when you see the manager there? Yeah. You can understand why people are looking at other clubs now. And United are no longer top of the transfer tree. And that's probably the thing that's accelerating the uh, Twitter frenzy around Manchester United and being linked with players is that Liverpool have got Darwin Nunez. Manchester City have got Erling Haaland. Their two biggest rivals are two clubs that have already completed significant pieces of business. I, d- I don't think Manchester United should succumb to a, a Twitter frenzy, as you called it. I don't see Jurgen Klopp taking on board what Liverpool's Twitter fans are saying. You've got to be strong in your decision-making. And there's been times where Manchester United have been weak in their decision-making. And it leads to signing players because of a Twitter frenzy, because they're available at the right price, even though Manchester United know that they're not signing a player 
for the for the first team, which is which is ridiculous. The problem with the Twitter frenzy is they'll never be happy. So United could sign De Jong tomorrow and it'd still be people saying, well, what about another player? You could bring seven players in and it'd still want an eighth player. It's, that, it's the junkie thing. It's looking for the next hit all the time and it's dangerous. Well, that's fans. Fans are entitled to their opinions. It's the club who's got to be smarter in their decision-making, in their recruitment, uh, in their use of the huge amount of funds that they've got available going to be an interesting summer uh, Andy Mitten great stuff as, as ever thanks Millie for joining us thank you cheers Andy Mitten there on the line reacting to a fairly interesting few days uh, the 1958 getting a, a lot of um, a lot of time under the microscope an underground group of Reds intent on upholding the values of Manchester United its culture and traditions in case uh, anybody wanted to know uh, what the, the 1958 was so I'm not sure if Richard Arnold's going to be going for pints with any Manchester United fans anytime soon No I mean it's, it's not great really was it I mean there's obviously the substance of what he said and you can pick that apart but like I think if someone decides to go and meet the fans you don't record it, it like sometimes you know People in, in football, like they, they will be accused of operating in a bubble and not unfairly and being a bit detached from reality and various things. But like sometimes that's born out of like a deep suspicion of people and thinking you're going to be trapped all the time. So it doesn't help when you go and do something. And that's actually what happens. Yeah. You know, it's like a stitch up. Um, like that's that 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 just drives people drives people into their sort of a into their gated community existence. You know, because they feel that this is if we go out there that'll end badly for you if you communicate with these people this is what they'll do to you and that's not that's not what you want to sort of foster those relations and I believe that the uh, leaker from the 1958 has been removed from the 1958 oh is he's gone now yeah, there was a secret meeting and that was it I, I, I believe so I believe so there is a there's good a soap opera if you uh, if, if I, I, well, into it. I don't think there was much case as well like it was clearly you could figure out where he was sitting based on I'm pretty the sure there's a picture of, of him online yeah, <laughs> yeah and, like, and I'm pretty sure he, he shared it as well on Twitter yeah, yeah. Me with, with the big man yeah it's sort of I, I can't imagine he had much of a defence case to sort of mount in that case you know ah oh. Manchester United is just uh, the gift that keeps on giving. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.